0: I'm going to start today's message and um, actually it will be a continuation of the series, This World is Not Our Home. This will be part six. And today I'm going to continue with the same thought that I had the last time. How we ought to interact with this world that we are in. We live in this world, but we are not of it. This world really is not our home. And the, every day that goes by, the older I get, I realize, and it's truly even cemented in my heart, that this world really is not my home. It's not. Alright, so I'd like us to go again to Matthew chapter 6. And I want to start in verse 19. So I'm picking off, picking up from where I stopped the last time. And I'm going to touch on a few things. I won't keep you... Keep keep us too long today matthew chapter 6 verse 19 through verse 21 and then i'm going to jump to verse 24 now this is jesus speaking he's saying here do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24 No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or God and money. And, you know, as I was reading this, a couple of things I want to get across to you. When we focus on the earthly stuff, and that's what Jesus is talking about here, about laying up treasure on earth. When you focus on the earthly stuff, it can be taken away. People can steal it. It can get, you know, destroyed by fire or whatever. You can lose your money in the stock market, whatever. Whatever. It can be taken away. It can be destroyed or left abandoned. Everything in the natural, everything that is on this earth has a shelf life. When I say has a shelf life, it has a beginning and an end. You know when you go to the grocery store, there is an expiration date on whatever it is you have. There was a date it was manufactured and a date it expires. Nothing lasts forever. There's always there's a shelf life for everything. So everything on this earth is temporary. For example, like buying new clothes and not enjoying them or having too much and let it sit on a shelf. It doesn't bless anyone. It just degrades and rot. When you don't use something that's created for its purpose, it, it's of no benefit To the person that has it in its possession. If it sits on the shelf. It blesses no one. So if you have things on your shelf. That you haven't used in umpteen years. Who is it blessing? It doesn't bless anyone. It's just sitting there. Collecting dust. And eventually over time. It will crack and break. Depending on what it is. That's what. That's. That's the futility of things on this earth. Everything has a beginning and an end. Having abundance in anything and allowing it to rot or rust while others are suffering is waste and a misuse of resources. And I'll get to the point when Jesus talked about laying up treasures in heaven. I'm going to show you what he's, give you a reference. I'd like us to turn to Luke chapter 12 verses 16 through 21. And I'm going to show you something. Now Jesus is speaking here. And he said. Then he spoke a parable to them saying. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful, plentifully. And he thought within him himself saying. What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said. I will do this. I will put on my barns. Build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will all those, all the, those things be with you have provided? So it is with he So it is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So there are a couple of things I want you to see here. The rich man did not understand his responsibility nor the heart of God. Being rich towards God is using his wealth or using wealth to do good and to alleviate suffering. So what should a, what should the rich man have done? His his barns were already full, so his he had he was his he had his barns were full of grain or produce. He couldn't take any more, so he had his new crop. So what he did, he broke the barns down, make them larger, he can store more stuff. Now as we know, stuffs just sitting in a barn. Doesn't benefit anyone. It benefits him, but there's only so much he can consume. Over time, he's gonna suffer. A certain percentage of that is gonna get gonna be lost because it's gonna rot. So the of the, what? What? So God. So God said, "Here, you are a fool. If you are hoarding and have so much, so much more than you can use." You don't even know when, you, if you're going to live to enjoy it. Because he said, fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. So he was, he was gone. And all that stuff was left. And he said, the Lord said, so is he who lays up treasure for himself. When you lay up treasure on earth, you don't even know if you're going to be around to enjoy it. And, of course, you're going to suffer loss because there's only so much you can use. There's only so much you can consume. And, as I said, you can just use whatever you want. You could use crops. You could use money. You could use property. You can die and leave it. Somebody can swindle you out of it. There could be a fire and just come and burn everything away. You can lose it in the stock market. There are different ways you can lose your wealth. So the point of this, when we go back to Matthew chapter six and uh, Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen, Jesus is talking about laying up treasure in heaven, and how does that happen? First, our priority must be right. We serve God and we use money. We serve God and we use produce. Fill in the blanks. We serve God everything on this earth. That's tangible. It's a tool to be used. Everything. Your house is a tool. It's a place where you can protect yourself from the elements. It's a tool. Okay? So, our priorities have to be right. We serve God, and in, my, in this example, we use money. He says, don't serve God. You can't serve God and money. So, we serve God, but we use money. God gives us the power to make money, to not only provide for ourselves, but also to serve Him by blessing others. We lay up treasure in heaven when we use money to show compassion and mercy to others by setting people free and relieving their suffering. You lay up treasure in heaven when you are blessing to people. So you don't, you have more than you can use, where you have the ability or capacity that God has given you to help someone, you see someone in need of help, you show compassion and you help them. That's why God blesses you. So you fill in the blanks how you have seen people in need and how you had the capacity to be a blessing, to help them. Because whenever you bless someone, whenever you help someone, you are helping to alleviate their suffering or their condition. That's the heart of God. If you read, read all the parables where Jesus talked about the Good Samaritan, you know, this what Good Samaritan was had the ability to help someone who was beaten and left at the side of the road for dead. He took the person to the inn and he paid for their care and for their housing. He alleviated the suffering. He had mercy and he showed compassion. So the resources of the Samaritan blessed the person who was robbed and beaten and left for dead. And he alleviated his suffering. That is the why God blesses us. It's not only to supply our needs, but it's to, to, it's to be a blessing to others. To alleviate people's suffering. That's how we lay up treasure in heaven. Even our enemies. Even when people ask me for stuff. I don't ask them why. If it's in my capacity to give them, I give it. It's not for me to ask why. Why? Now, if I know you're going to take it and, you know, and if I know what you're going to do with it, I just know, then that's a different story. But the Bible says, Jesus said, if somebody asks you for, for fish or bread, would you give them a stone? No. You give them what they need to alleviate their suffering, to meet their need. That's what we do. That's what, that's the heart of God. And when you have that mindset, it shows your maturity as a son of God and this is how you interact with the, with the things on this earth as a citizen of the kingdom of God let's go to verse 25 Jesus is speaking again he said therefore and this is because of what he said before you can't serve God on money therefore I say to you don't worry about your life what you will eat what you will drink know about your body what you will put on it's not life more than food and a body more than clothing And verse 31. Therefore, do not worry saying what we shall eat, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. In this context, is the unbeliever. For your heavenly father knows what you need, that knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So this was a very interesting statement Jesus made here in verse 25. Don't worry about your life. What what you will eat or what you will drink, know about your body, what you're going to put on, is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? And if you think about that question, that's a question he said there. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Listen, I have a refrigerator full of food. I have two refriger- a refrigerator and a freezer with food. A pantry of food, how much can I eat? I have clothes that I haven't worn and I cleaned out my closet and it's still full. There's only so much you can eat and so much you can wear. And there is stuff in my closet that's full of dust. You know I'm debate I say, look, I need to give this stuff away. And I've made up my mind. I say, in six months, if I'm not wearing this stuff i'm gonna I'm gonna just pack a bag and give it away. There is only so much you can eat and so much you can wear. But Jesus is saying here, is not life more than food and the body, more than clothing? That's an interesting statement. And that's something I was really reflecting on. And what, is, what, is, what was his point? He's saying here, don't be anxious or worried about anything. Our life is more than about food and about more than what we're going to wear. He says, seek the kingdom, learn how to tap into it, and the rest will follow. Because he said here in verse uh, um, 32, this is how the Gentiles think. But we, as citizens of the kingdom, we are to think like the world. We have to understand that as Jesus said here in verse 32, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And if you go back to verse 8, it says that the Father already knows what you need before you even ask. Think about that. He already knows what we need before we ask. So Jesus is saying here, what is our life about as believers? He's not talking about the world. I'm talking, he's talking to believers here. What is our life? Is it food? Is it about clothing? No, our life is more than that. Because this is all temporary stuff. What is our life supposed to be about? That is the question that he posed there. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. About where you're going to live. The question he posed had me thinking. And it coincides with how we ought to conduct our lives and how we ought to interact with this world. Because if we are the light of the world, the world has to see something in us. And they're going to see, based on the question Jesus posed, what is our life about? Is it about the stuff, or is it about something else? So here we go. So Jesus said, seek the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Learn how to tap into it, and the rest will follow. What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. Tap into the kingdom and all the stuff the Father already knows what we have need of is going to follow. I hope you're getting this. And this is important for us to understand. Whatever we need, when we need it, will be provided. That is what the the scripture says here. The Father already knows what we have need of before we ask. So that answers that question about why we ought not to worry. Because the father already knows what we need. So he, that means he's going to supply it. Why? Because we are his children. Do our children worry about clothes? Do they worry about food? No, our kids don't worry about that. Mom, I'm hungry. Dad, I'm hungry. And we give them stuff to eat. Oh, well, I don't like this. We make them something else. When you put clothes on kids, do they care what you what you put on them? No, they don't care. You can buy the newest dress or the newest what outfit for them, designer, put them out in the yard to play, they'll be rolling in the grass, rolling in the dirt. They don't care about that stuff. It's we who imprint to them over time as they get older that this stuff is valuable, this stuff is important. But in the in the scope of life and in Christ, none of this stuff matters. As we abide in Christ, the resources of the kingdom will be provided. Did you hear what I just said? As we abide in Christ, the resources of the kingdom will provide what we need, when we need it, and the amount we, in the abundance we need it. The Lord is always faithful to His children. And once you have that understanding, when you walk this life, as you walk this this life and you begin to know the the, the mind of God and his love towards his children, you will walk with that same mindset, that same heart, in that level of maturity because you understand the the kingdom of God. You understand the king, you understand our citizenry, and you understand that our resources come from the kingdom. And our life is about allowing ourselves to be used so that the the glory of the kingdom can be manifested through our lives, which alleviates the suffering of people on this earth. That's what we are about. That's what our life is about. Manifesting the glory of God, relieving the suffering of people. That's the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus did when he walked this earth. We are on this earth to seek the kingdom. To walk and with God. And allow him to glorify himself through our lives. That's why we are here. That's why we are in the kingdom of God. To walk with God. Did you hear what I just said? Walk with God. Fellowship with God. So that he can glorify himself by the fruit we bear through our lives because we abide in him. And it proves to the world that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. By the fruit that comes forth from our lives. Glory to God, I hope you're getting this. Alright, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Real quick. I'm not going to be able to finish, I'll just pick it up next time. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 1 and 2, and then I'll touch on verse 6 real quick. Another thing, the way we ought to conduct ourselves. Verse 1, judge not that you may, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Verse 6, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them on, under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Listen, this is another goodie. So I'll just break it down for you. We must not judge others because we will be judged in the same way. This is another principle of sowing and reaping. If you judge people, you're going to reap what you sow. When you judge others, you are sowing judgment. And you will reap judgment. It said here, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, they say what goes around, comes around. So if you don't judge people, you don't have to worry about being judged. That's what it's saying here. So if I were you, based on the wisdom of God, I wouldn't be judging people. I'd be loving people and not judging. And I would say, if people ask for your opinion or advice, you can give it if it's wise. If it's wise, you can give your advice or your opinion if it's asked. You don't volunteer your stuff. You, you you give a response. If you feel you have something Valuable to contribute. But before you open your mouth. Think what is my motive. Is this going to edify that person. Is this going to help this person. To live a righteous life. Before you open your mouth. Think about what you are going to say. And the consequences. Of what you are going to say. They can choose to accept what you have to say. Or reject it. Which is fair. Which is fine. But do not try to convince People to do what you suggest. Especially if they reject you. And a lot of us have ways we try to cajole and manipulate people to do what we want them to do. Which is wrong. Don't give what is holy to the dogs. Okay, He's saying that don't force godly wisdom on people who reject it. If somebody asks for your opinion and you give it and they don't want to receive it, let it go. Let God deal with them. If somebody doesn't ask for your opinion, keep your mouth shut. Don't try and take the be- the speck out of somebody's eye when you have a beam in your own. You take care of the weeds in your yard, and leave people alone, unless they ask you to help them with the weeds in their yard. Because when you cast your pearls before, before swine, What happens when you try to force your opinion. And try to manipulate people to do what you do. People will turn against you. They will turn against you. And what you are trying to do to help someone. That person can become your enemy. That's what it's saying here. Do not give what is holy to dogs. If you're giving godly wisdom. And they don't want to receive it. Leave them alone. Because when you do it. They will trample under it and people will turn against you. So that's just a word of warning. So as we interact with people on this earth, it could be loved ones, it could be acquaintances, whatever. Keep these things in mind. Keep these things in mind. God doesn't force us to do anything. We have a choice. He He has his word before us. He said, bless and don't curse. Does God come here and and beat me over the head and tell me, don't curse, to bless? No, he's he's left the word in front of me. I have to choose now whether I'm going to listen to him and and bless people and not curse them. Because whichever way I go, I will reap what I sow. If I curse people, I'm going to be cursed. If I bless people, I will be blessed. God doesn't come and, and force himself on me. I have to make the choice to choose to obey him. And we should never ever force people to do anything. The same way God treats us, that's the same way we ought to treat other people. Sometimes it's hard. You see people just going down the wrong road but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you God? God is letting them go and you trying to save them. Are you God? If God is not interfering, why are you interfering? You pray for them and ask God to intervene. And God will do it. But when God intervenes, God doesn't stop people from doing anything. He presents a, a, a situation where they have to make a choice. Always. When we pray for people, don't think that God is going to, going to, to stop people because we say so. God will always present the opportunity based on our prayers for people to make a choice always but i'm just going to tell you there you read the stories in the bible people pray and the prophet will show up and speak to the to the king the king has to decide if he's going to listen to 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 the prophet to the word of god and when he listens to the prophet he gets the blessing when he doesn't listen he's in trouble it's the same thing with us. When we pray for people, don't th- God hears our prayers and God will present the opportunity, but ultimately that person has to make the decision, the choice. All right, so you know, my t- my time is just about up and I'm just going to stop here and I'm going to pick this up next time because I'm really not finished. I have more I want to talk about. So I'll try and conclude the series next week.